everybody to I'm 40 now what I hope that your day is going well and thank you for joining us we have a really good conversation um, I'm excited to have this guest with me and I've been thinking about the last week there's been news about suicide rates going up and um, clearly the COVID situation, quarantine, unemployment, we are getting hit with so many things. And so I'm thinking about how can I be more activated in reaching out. So I'm hoping that as a community, we can think of one person we can reach out to this week to check on them, not to send a text message, not to send a, send a Facebook message, but to, to hear their voice, to hear what they're saying, to know that they're okay. Um, so if we can commit to reaching out to one person, just how impactful that can be. Um, so I did my reach out today and I'll continue to do some reach out later on this week um, because we need to connect with people and we need to connect with our loved ones and our friends. And maybe it's someone that's been on your mind that you haven't connected with. We'll do it this week because the world is in a very chaotic place and we need to feel like we are valued we are missed we matter so with that being said i again i'm happy to be able to share this moment with a facebook friend of mine which is interesting because we have not met each other in person but the reason why i wanted to um connect with this person is i i sent him a, a facebook request facebook request a few months back because I really appreciated how positive he was. And he has, and he shares these articles that are just so encouraging. And I'm hoping that he doesn't think I'm stalking him because that's not the case. <laughs> but I do appreciate how he uses Facebook plat- the, the Facebook platform to reach out to people. Um, and so I'm, I'm grateful for him sharing his time with me. And not only that, but when I reached out to him to do this podcast with me, it was no hesitation. He was just ready to do it. Um, he was on me about getting these questions to him and he remembered. So I really, really appreciate um, him just being willing and, and honoring that moment with me today. So um, without further ado, I want to welcome Stephen Duvakis. Am I saying your last name right, Stephen? Oh, it's a uh, Devocus. There we go. Steven Devocus yep. to I'm 40 Now What. Um, so welcome, Steven. Hey, thanks Absolutely. for Absolutely. So again, we don't know each other's stories. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about you as well. And we're in this virtual okay. world. So forgive us if there's some noise. Like I work from home. I have a dog. I have a child. Steven's busy. So please show honor and grace with some of the noise in the background look this is life right life life moves forward so we got to move with it um but Stephen, tell me a little bit about your story and and yeah. okay i don't know how far back you want me to go but tell me uh, what tell what, what what do you want the people to know about you what do you want the people to know about you oh well let's see i was born and raised in milwaukee um my family's been here um for like four generations um, I went to Harambe Community School on 2nd and Burleigh. I used to, it no longer exists, but um, I graduated from there. And then from there, I went to Marquette um, High School, um, graduated from Marquette High um, in 2000. And then uh, I went to University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, 
uh, where I studied, um, where I got a double major in English and economics. And I minored in accounting because I wanted to get an MBA and figure out, make some yeah, money. <laughs> and then uh, after I graduated from, um, after I graduated from Michigan, I came back to Wisconsin for law school and I went to Marquette and I chose Marquette because they had a part-time program and also because um, I had a job. Um, I took a job with M&I Bank, which is now Mm -hmm. BMO Harris, and I was tired of being broke and I was like, well, if I can go to law school and have a job, (laughs) then great, you know? So my mom really wanted me to come back home. I had two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of um, five, but really, I'm the oldest of, um, out of my mom's kids, I'm the oldest yeah. two uh, out of three. So I had two younger brothers who were college brown. So, you know, I said, okay, let me go and help my mom get my brothers off to school and, uh, you know, come back home. Because at first I was going to go to yeah. D.C. Um, but uh, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to come back. And then I got into Madison um, for law school as well. But I was a Milwaukee boy and to the heart. So I couldn't imagine myself living in Madison so I came back home and went to Mar- uh, Marquette. And I was the first one in my family to go to law school. So I was, it was a stiff learning curve. So I was figuring that out. And uh, once I graduated from law school, I graduated in December of 2007. Well, you know, the recession hit in 2008. Um, and so I landed with a, um, a litigation firm called uh, Henshaw and Culberson. So I worked at Henshaw and Culberson for yeah, seven years. Now, when I did litigation all the time, so I did every kind of litigation um, you could imagine, but on mm-hmm. the defense side. So I um, did like employment litigation, Title Seven work. Uh, I did business law litigation. I did premise liability. I did um, medical mm-hmm. malpractice, legal mm-hmm. malpractice, design malpractice, every kind of malpractice. I did, defended a bunch of people, um, and it was a good place to one learn yeah. how to be a lawyer. Um, but also it was a good place to ride out the recession because there was no transactional um, law or deals being done because the market was tanked yeah, for like yeah. four years. So God looked out for me yeah, on that one. absolutely. <laughs> even, even though I wanted to go to law school to do transactions and to do business and mergers and acquisitions. Um, and then from there in 2015, I went to um, Quarles and Brady and I worked there for two and a half years. Where I just where I learned um, I was in the product liability group, and so I've had these uh, these uh, Fortune 500 companies, and when people got injured, I would travel all over the country and defend the product and things of that nature. So I got to learn the business of law from Quarles and Brady, um, and then um, in 2017 I left there, took some time off because I burnt out yeah. and uh, tried to figure out where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do um, because I felt like I was moving further and further away from my Mm -hmm. goal um, of being a businessman and, you know, doing business law. So I totally shifted directions and quit there in 2017. And then I linked up with um, the Haywood Group, um, which is a local development group here in Wisconsin. I'm in Milwaukee and they've done like peak market on MLK. Uh, Lisbon Terrace. Uh, we recently, one of my first deals that I did with them was the Milwaukee Mall, which we're going to turn into the Icon Hotel. Um, and so, you know, I just, it was different. I was learning how to be an entrepreneur because at the same time, I was running my own law firm as well. So I run the Vogus Law Group, 
uh, which I started in 2017 in October. So coming up on the three-year mark of that. Um, and, you know, it's been fun. I, I enjoy the freedom and the and the um, and the challenge that entrepreneurship brings. So I've learned a lot of lessons just from experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, being involved in a lot of different business ventures and looking at a lot of different businesses. Absolutely. That what a journey. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been it was a That is amazing. That is dope. I appreciate the the attachment that you have to Milwaukee and of course your family and you looked out for your brothers and you know God doesn't forget those acts of mercy. So he looked out for you. Um so that's great. That's that's amazing. And um you are a wealth of information, I would imagine, um, for people who want to start a business or who has a business and want to maintain it. And that's the that's the focal point of our conversation is how do businesses thrive and also how do businesses up their game in the customer service realm? Because I feel like a part of thriving okay. is making sure you're taking care of your customers specifically in the African-American community, because we know as quick as businesses um, get up, they often go down very quickly. And so there's a lot of dynamics with that. Some of that is political, clearly. Um, but I'm, I really want to focus on mm-hmm. the part where businesses can continue to thrive and that customer service piece that I think often gets missed. So I look forward to um, expounding that conversation a little bit with you. But before we do that, one of the other things that I appreciate about Stephen is that I had posted, uh, what was that, a couple weeks ago that I need an accountability partner for working out. And Stephen was like, I got you. Like, <laughs> you've been on me about these workouts and I've done none. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is another journey that we're on together. So I, I appreciate your partnership in that. Um, and one of the things that I've been trying to do more of, because I am on this journey of, of self-care and it's, it's hard, it's difficult, um, especially being so busy, but we have to change the narrative. And I think that goes in terms of businesses too. How do we change the narrative and how we operate at, at, at certain ways? And so I've been doing these, I deserve affirmations just to change the narrative of my life. And so I would love for you to fill in that blank before we delve into some of these other questions. So, um, how would you complete this sentence? I deserve blank. What is that for you? I deserve peace and prosperity. Nice. I love that. I love that. Um, I would say for myself in this moment, I deserve to finish my glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) I deserve to finish my glass of wine. Um, So absolutely appreciate that. So ready? Let's get, let's dive into these questions, Stephen. If you're ready. All right. Yeah, let's go. So, what's been uh, the secret for you in running a successful business? And, and if you don't, you, you have your law firm, but you also have a connection with um, some local businesses here as well. So, when you answer that question, you know, think about that. What what has been your secret in running a, a successful business? I tell people all the time when I talk to different entrepreneurs, because I, I represent a lot of entrepreneurs as well as being one. And I always tell people my value proposition is that I'm not just a lawyer. I'm out here, you know, I have several businesses that I'm involved in. You know, besides my law firm, I have, um, I'm a part owner in Red Snapper Fish Company up on mm-hmm. Sixth in Lisbon. Um, so I've been running that intimately from, you know, from acquiring the, the property and, 
you know, handling the the financing and all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people, a lot of businesses, you have to kind of go in and be willing to spend the time and the money to deliver a quality product, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what I think. The, so you got to kind of have a vision for like the experience. Um you know, like, and I learned a ton. You know, uh, our people, the African American community, we are very temperamental about our fish and how we mm-hmm. want. Fish. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I've learned customer service from dealing with being in the restaurant, and you know, and you know, some people want to fry hard, some people don't want to fry their hard, some people want steak, some people like fillet. So you know, you learn how to deal people in, especially if they're not happy with their experience, you know, a lot of times I'll take them behind the line and say, okay, you know, is this good enough for you? Or is this, you know, satisfactory? Or if, you, if we forgot something, I try to give them double what they have to come back. So, you know, giving people the leeway to, to give good customer service and caring about your customer and what your reputation is, I think goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. So on that line of customer service, because I'm going to be honest, I think for me, that's one of the biggest struggles with um, African-American Black-owned businesses. Um, and that 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 delves into the idea of internalized oppression, but that's a whole other podcast that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is <laughs> a whole other situation. Um, right. But it does tie into right. that. This um, I have... I, I try to support black businesses, African-American businesses as much as I can. I don't always do it. Um, but I do believe that that customer service piece is often missing and um, how important that is because it can be really tricky when you, you know, catfish can be, you know, a bit of a monopoly in terms of like, right. there's only certain places you can go to get quality catfish, Right. Red Snapper is one of them. Right. And so as 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 black people, we can kind of take that for granted because we're like, well, where else mm-hmm. are we gonna go? Right. But how how, right. how important is elevating our customer service experience and vital for our customers? I think that that it could make people so you gotta know in you know, our people, we will put up with a subpar yeah. product if the customer yeah. service is good. You know, if this service with a smile, people Absolutely. feel special. You know, and I think that you have to look at from the people that just spend $5 with you to the people that do catering orders, you have to look at everyone and say, look, they could do anything else with their money. So you have to respect their choice to and be honored that they want to spend their money with you and do business with you. And so, you know, you want to go out your way to take care of them and, you know, give them consistency and communicate. So a lot of times customer service takes many different forms, right? It's not just manners and being polite, but it can be education, right? So you want to make them feel good about doing business with you. So if you can give them some knowledge about, you know, what's, how, what makes a good fish, you know what I mean? Like why, why your product stands out and what you do to it or how you take care with changing the oil on a regular basis, you know what I'm saying? So they can, they start to care. Like, you know, sometimes people will throw trash in the parking lot. Well, I go out and pick up trash in front of them. When they see me, the you know, one of the owners yeah. picking up the parking lot, it makes them take pride in it too because it's like somebody cares 
you know, I make sure my place is clean. So everything, every touch point that my client, my customer has with the business, I try to make it enjoyable and they can see the care and the consideration that comes in. You know what I mean? And if you care, then your customer Absolutely. I really appreciate that. It's elevating the experience all the way around, right? And it's honoring, it's yep. honoring people's decision. Right. Like you said, yeah, we right. it, there's not a lot of places, but we can find them or, or we can make it ourselves. Right. And I love this idea of right. education and learning. I, that's that's dope. And that leads me into my next question. So what what can you share about those obstacles you faced and how you overcame them? If there's a couple that was really top Ooh. of mind. Um, and, and if it's a, something, someone who's listening to this wants to start their business or they're struggling with their business, what would you want them to learn about about your experience? Well, you know what? I think whenever I, most of the things I've done, I've never done before. So you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like I've never ran a restaurant before, let alone a fish business, right? Um, I've never ran a law firm before. I've been a lawyer, but I've never had to deal with the back end of it. Uh, so you just got to have a willingness to learn and stay learning and to ask for help and ask questions and not be afraid to, for those people who might have the answer to reach out and, you know, you can't be afraid of rejection and you can't be afraid of not knowing, um, so I normally see entrepreneurs in two two camps. You got the ones who feel like they're not good enough and they got imposter syndrome and mm. they never start. Mm-hmm. And you got those who are all action but won't do any planning. They just want to jump in and they're just like chomping at the bit because they're all action but they're mm. not putting in the thought mm-hmm. process. So they figure they're going to build their parachute on the way down. You got to kind of tame those two forces. You got to feel like, okay, I'm not going to be perfect. Mistakes are going to happen. But you know, I'll work through them at the same time, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So if I can just do a little planning and try to see around, we call it seeing around corners uh, in my group. We say, okay, you got to be able to anticipate problems and plan yeah. for them, right? So, you know, a little planning goes a long way. So like, for instance, a lot of businesses, especially restaurants in Milwaukee, they fail because they couldn't handle the demand yeah. uh, when the community did show up and try to so I'm like, okay, what's the bottleneck? How can I not have people wait yeah. an hour? How can, um, you know, mm-hmm. when is my busy time? When can, can I drop fish and just feel them? Can I simplify my menu yeah. and get it out? You know, so things like that where you look at your process and say, okay, what's going to hold me up? Or what is my process yeah. dependent on? So I think things like that will go a long way. Um, you got to be willing to learn and pay attention. And you got to can't be afraid of the numbers either. That's another thing. I am... Shocked at how many people don't know how to read a yeah. financial statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, an hour with your accountant uh, and a, or an accountant will go a long way. Or go on YouTube. Um, you know, it's one thing to have a business, or but if you don't know how the story behind your numbers or why your numbers are the way they are or what your margin should be, then you're not managing, you're not running a business. You just have a hobby that you kind of get paid for. Wow, that's that's really important. And I think a part of that too is not knowing your value too right like knowing your value Mm -hmm. and um not doing things for free sometimes i think we struggle with that um right if you're if you are presenting a great product then you should know your value and know what that cost should be um 
And I really appreciate the point about process. Now I'm a budding photographer and I love, I'm an artsy person, so I'm all arts, right? And I love taking photos and I was so super excited about it. And I had no idea what I was doing. This <laughs> is like, I, I, this is a passion, right. so I'm gonna figure it out. And I'm, I'm still, that's still my purpose. But I went in kind of like really fast. And I'm like, you know what? That doesn't work. Let me slow down, let me learn. Let me learn the craft a little bit. I don't think anybody's an expert on anything. Um, but I also think that there is opportunity to, yeah, slow down and, and, and take that time to learn. Because we live in a society that success is instant, can be instantaneous. And I think we get caught up in that too. Um, so taking our time a little bit is important. And I'm, I'm learning that. So I appreciate you sharing that, that teaching as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, you know, what brings you joy though? Because owning a business, there, like you said, there's 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 failures. It's a lot of work. It's so what mm-hmm. what keeps you going in this work? What brings you joy as a business owner? Well, you know, I like I think that they, there's a saying that one of my uh, one of my colleagues used to say when we were at the law firm. He would say that every lawyer is a frustrated artist, um, and so you have this urge. To create and build that has to that you know it's an itch you just can't scratch and you know taking something from an idea to it being an actual physical you know experience I think brings me joy also being able to um, provide jobs and a quality product to the community um, you know I've been able to employ family members um, other people in the community people that you know might not be able to get a job because of their record or because of their criminal history, you know, because society doesn't know how to deal with those people. But, you know, I can give them a shot and allow them to earn a way of respectable living wage. Um, you know, and it becomes a family experience. You know, your your employees kind of become your family and, you know, you care about their well-being and then their family come in and their kids. And, you know, I think just building community through business is uh, what really, you know, drives me and having a legacy is, you know, I can show my family, like, like, hey, you can do it too. We've never done it before, but if I could do it, you can do it. You know, I have my side of the son, you know, his experience is going to be way different than than mine growing up, you know, because he's going to see, he's like, oh, I, my dad did this or my dad did that. So those kind of things are what really motivated and drives me being able to, you know, show my family and, and others in the community, like, hey, you know, this is you know, we never had this kind of opportunity before. Let me share how I got it, you know, or share how, you know, you can open these doors. Um, because I didn't know any lawyers growing up and I didn't really know a lot of, you know, business owners growing up either. You know, I just kind of had to figure it out. Or my mentor, I had Caucasian mentors that showed me little pieces and I filled in the blank. So, you know, now I can say, look, this is the how it's exactly how it's going to go. If you do this, you'll get Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You've learned from experience and um, appreciate the idea of leaving a legacy. That's that's awesome. And I I imagine that, that that's what more of us want to do as um, African-American Black community. We Our legacies have often been stripped and it hasn't always been on top of mind. So it's great um, to hear that that's your purpose. It's not to... I just want to be paid, you know, like, and, and that's a byproduct right. of it perhaps, but 
um, there's so much more to it than that. So that's that's beautiful. You know, you talked about um, helping others and your family and, and employing um, folks that may be tied to the system, whether fairly or unfairly. Um, so the advantages aren't always there. I do see uh, a, a challenge for us as an African-American Black community to work better together in, in these business ventures. And I, I see that happening. You see Sherman Phoenix, um, you see other entities, but how important it is for us to really work together to move ahead as just a, a business enterprise because we really could do it if we wanted to. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's difficult, right? Because everybody's oven is set at different temperatures, right? It burns at different temperatures. So, you know, I might be running super hot. I might be very intense. Like once I'm locked in, I'm locked in. And yeah. if you can't keep up, then you know we go or we got competing visions or people. A lot of times they want to do what they want to do and not yeah. what's profitable, and that can cause conflict too. You know, so you know money tends to reveal people's character yeah. real quick. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> so I've learned, you know, you can't you can't do business with everybody. My mom used to say. Um, you know, business is like sex. You can't yeah. deal with everybody. Yeah. And sometimes people, you just learn what level you can deal with people on. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to be uh, careful with that. Um, I do believe that as businesses continue to thrive in Milwaukee, that I hope that we continue to, there's there's enough room at the table. Sometimes I see it in the, and right. you know, sometimes with white businesses, they tend to work together. They collaborate Um Black businesses, I don't know as much that we consider to do that more. I think we're starting to change that curve, but we definitely have some some work to do in that realm because I think, again, it's, it's that internalized oppression that comes up. If I share my thoughts or my secrets or my learnings, then you might take my business and, and my customers. And right. I think if we learn to build something together, we, we just we will receive more in the end and we'll be more sustainable. And you, and you know, the other problem is black people, it's hard for black people to do business with people they don't like yeah. personally. You know what I mean? Like business is personal in, with black people. Yeah. Um, you know, like I've been with white boys who I know they do not like the other person, but the money, if the money's on the table, yeah. they doing it. But black people, we're more relational and we're more character yeah. driven. You know what I mean? Like we're willing to deal with somebody who ain't that bright, but they got good character. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's just how we are. And so I think that's a major hurdle is that trying to balance business with the relational aspect because that's just how yeah. we are as a yeah. community. Um, I know for myself, I've I don't like to, I don't want to do business with people without they have character issues or integrity issues, you know? Um, You know, I'll deal with people who got bad reputations, but if I think they got solid character, I'll deal with them, you know? Um, And I think that's going to be the major challenge. And while you don't see more collaboration, because, you know, Milwaukee Mm -hmm. is small, and a lot of our our roots go back generations. So we know people from various walks of life from church so we might not like somebody because our grandma yep. don't like them like their grandma <laughs> absolutely you know? absolutely so, you know i don't mess with them over there because they they xyz yeah. or they this that and the other you know so and so that's why you got a million different organizations that are similar 
Um, but they got to do their own thing because the you know the the relational part just don't don't vibe. Yeah, that's a really good point, Stephen. And and it is a hurdle. It's a hurdle. It's it's a hurdle that I think um, we can overcome if we have conversations and if our motive is to build. Right? We don't we don't always have to like oh, yeah. someone to build. Um, it's a challenge. And I understand that relationship thing, but we have the right motive and our, our integrity is good. I mean, we don't see eye to eye as much. It's kind of like kind of like work right so you yes do you want to work with people that you like and fortunately I'm I'm in I'm in an office where I like the people that I work with I'm fortunate that, that way um and Ashley Hines says hi by the way I told her that we were connecting today hey. <laughs> and so but it's, it's not a given though but but do I have to be your friend for us to accomplish our mission in our office absolutely not um it's all about right. that mission and that common goal and I think if we're working towards that, maybe some of that relationship stuff will mend just naturally. Um, but that is a really that is a really good good awareness that we have to have um, with that. So appreciate all the gems that you dropped in a very short amount of time. This was this was really good because um, there's you know there's studies that showing that you know black women, black African American women, they're the number one um, entrepreneur space right now. Um, and I, I love to see women doing their thing and how we how we support each other. It's just another piece that I would love to continue continue to grow. Um, so thank you so much for these gems. Now, what what, oh, no what final advice do you have for someone who uh, just is has a business or wants to begin a business? What would be that one or two lines that you would tell them? I would tell them put it on paper. Put it on paper. Mm-hmm. You know, put it on paper. If you it ain't real, if you're not willing to put it on paper, then you ain't really committed to it. Because if you're not willing to think it through and write it out, then that'll show the gaps in your thinking. Like I tell my son all the time, life is like math class. You got to show your work. Yeah. You know, and one of the ways you show your work is by putting it on paper and saying like I thought about this, I thought about that. This is my response because. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna be asking people to support you, to commit resources to you, to put relationships and connections on the line, um, and so you gotta be, you know, a good steward over over that trust that people put inside of you. So you never want to disappoint anybody or hurt a relationship because you wasn't on point. So I always say, put it on paper, and that'll tell you if you got the stomach for it. Oh, absolutely, I like that. It starts there, right? It starts with the vision. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. This was really helpful for me as a as a budding um, entrepreneur that really wants to excel in what I'm trying to do. So I, I'm taking these notes and I'm really going to take them to heart and process them even more. And I hope that all of you who um, listen to this gain some knowledge um, from it. And because it really is about the vision and the journey and, and learning and being humble, all of those good things that we need to be successful in life in just general. So um, appreciate you all listening. I'll say this, I'll end this podcast with this thought. Remember to reach out to somebody today. Um, these are hard times for many of us on different levels. So don't forget your loved ones or maybe someone you haven't reached out to in a while. Um, we definitely need each other more than ever. 
um, continue to go on this journey of just transformation and self-awareness and self-love. That's the journey I'm on. It's it's really important, especially in these times that we um, self-care for ourselves so we can be good to others. And don't forget to go to Red Snapper and get some get some catfish. <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, I'm always up there. I gotta get up there. I gotta get up there. I'm making next Friday. I will be up there for my catfish dinner. I promise. And it's on here. It's, re- it's being recorded. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we on DoorDash. We're on Uber Eats and we're on Grubhub. So you don't even gotta come in. Oh, absolutely. Repeat that one more time, Stephen. We're on DoorDash, Grubhub, and there Uber Eats. There we go. Okay, so we can just have it come right to our house. That's awesome. Yep, you ain't even got to deal with it. It'll be, it'll be up and it'll be that's at your awesome. door. Well, that's all I need to know then. Wow, great. Well, yeah. thank you again, Stephen. And everybody, take care and be of good courage. Mm-hmm.